was I, I'm checking on one guy that's a friend of mine and I just shoot him a line like how you doing buddy and he shot me a line the other day and he's like just finishing a 48 hour shift oh he's, and it, it means he's sleeping in a chair probably between calls and um, oh my gosh so um and then uh yeah just just the the movement from our hearts that the, the many many people that are interceding in the quiet where nobody sees or knows but they are praying up a storm for for the people on the front line and people that are sick just think the swell of incredible love flowing out of the body of christ and other people that maybe don't have a faith in christ or god uh don't know god but are being stirred into that love that is ultimately a transcendent love that can lead them to an encounter with god welcome to stories from the street this is brian uh, every day, uh, we are actually praying the Divine Mercy Chaplet right at 3 p.m. Eastern Time on our Facebook and Twitter. You can join us live for that. And on Tuesdays and Thursdays, we're bringing on special guests to talk about topics that are relevant to help us find Christ and find peace in the midst of this pandemic. This last Tuesday, we had a priest from the Archdiocese of Detroit, Father Patrick Ganyu. I have that recording, and I am going to share that with right now with, with all of you and all of our podcast listeners. So um, we're going to be doing these recordings live. I hope you can join us um, every Tuesday and Thursday for, uh, if you would like, but I'm also going to be posting them right here on our podcast so you'll have access to them there as well. So I hope you enjoyed this one. Father Patrick is going to talk to us about a particular topic, how to find peace in the midst of this pandemic. We actually have with us Father Patrick Ganyu, so you don't have to wait any further for this upcoming talk. <laughs> it is actually right now. Hi, and we're so blessed to have him. I don't know how many, I know Father Patrick, you're very well known there in the Detroit area. And so for those who don't know you, I just want to let you know that we're really blessed to be able to have Father Patrick with us. He's a great friend of this apostolate. He's also an associate healing evangelist with Encounter Ministries. He's dedicated himself to helping equip Catholics to walk with the power and the gifts of the Holy Spirit. He also has his own podcast called Free Mustard Seeds, so I definitely want to highlight that and encourage you, if you hear more Father Patrick, go check out his podcast, Free Mustard Seeds. Father Patrick, thank you. Thank you for being with us. Oh, hey, first off, just thanks a lot, Brian. Yes, of course. (laughs) Well, and uh, I just love St. Paul Street Evangelization. They had a big role in my life going back years um, with when I was an associate at Shrine of the Little Flower and uh, Steve Dawson would be at the, the morning mass carrying around one of his children and um, that was back in 2013 and just conversations with him uh, introducing me to this ministry and the principles of, of evangelization that I always loved evangelization, but St. Paul Street Evangelization gave me tools to be able to really step out. And it's been a huge part in my walk is growing in a, is a joyful missionary disciple. So I just, I love St. Paul Street Amen. Evangelization, St. Paul Institute. If I can ever do anything to like support you guys, I'm in. So <laughs> I'm, I'm thrilled to be and doing you've it. done that i know oh you've done gosh. that so much not even just coming on with us today we're so grateful for you but our conferences and talks in the past you know we're we're very very grateful to have you as a friend of our yeah. apostolate so uh so peace in this present time um we think thinking about um uh, like the past where there's been pandemics in the past and and the, the church is as you said earlier, Brian, we were talking a little bit earlier via electronic communication, like the church has been around for a long time and has seen mm-hmm. a lot of ups and downs of, of the 
of of the world and i go i go back to the boat in the gospels with jesus that like the, the stormy sea and, and i think so many of us have been thinking about that that he was asleep in the boat but he was in the boat and um the peace of christ that surpasses all understanding um is found in him and yet it, it would be pollyannish of me to, to say that you know that peace would come with a total forgetting of, of the, the waves and the sea that we're on right now. So I feel like it's a, a, a healthy balance, a, a healthy tension that Christ is with us. Christ is in us. We are, we are part of his body and we know that he is the Prince of Peace and in him is our comfort and leaning into him will we'll receive that peace. And yet also knowing that like I am called to pray right now against this storm. I'm called to pray for the souls that are passing from it. Uh, there's, you know, it's, it's that balance. And uh, that's what I've been thinking about a lot is the, the, the peace of Christ, but also that like I'm called to, to battle in, in intercessory prayer as well. And I was, we were, I was just talking about this with Beth yesterday. Um, just recognize that our church is 2000 years old. And this is certainly not the first time a global pandemic, even something like a plague has been happened in the 2000 year church history. I mean, do you see anything different about this particular crisis is different than anything in the past? I feel like for us um, in 2020, uh, I personally, I, I feel like the United States hasn't had such an experience of um, being, it feels like overwhelmed beyond our control because we're like such a gifted nation and uh, overwhelmed beyond our control since like 9-11 with like the attacks and the, the, the terrorist attacks. Mm -hmm. So uh, perhaps a, a self-reliance and, a, and a, an independence um, that is at an all-time all high as we've developed into the year 2020. Uh, so that, that I think would be different in this time, but then still there's this, whew, um, like that hopelessness that can kind of wash over people that in a certain way drives us to consider God. Um, people of faith leap to that fairly quickly, but even people who don't have faith, I think when something like this is happening, it, it can stir um, a sense of the transcendent. Like, is there, is there someone who yeah. can help us here? Is there a God? But I think the difference, uh, that, that's kind of what's on my mind about the difference. It's a wake-up call. It's really a wake-up call. You know, if you are yeah. self-reliant and yeah. you think you can do everything and then all of a sudden everything's out of your control, yeah. I mean, this is a whole new thing and you have to search like, well, well what is it then? It's it's a real wake-up call. I, I like the way mm. you, oh, you talked about that. It's it's not what we're used to. We're used to being in charge. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I think um, it's interesting. I. Uh, Jacques Philippe's uh, book, Searching for and Maintaining Peace, the first line that he says in being able to find peace is mm -hmm. to be able to uh, remember that um, in, the, in the gospel says, without Jesus, without mm -hmm. God, we can do nothing. Amen. And uh, like, interesting that that's like the foundation of peace. Uh, you know, um, I love, I think Jacques Philippe does a, a great job in, in all of his books of being able to bring down to earth some of these, these powerful truths. And what you just mentioned, Beth, is what made me rethink of that again, is that reality that 
without God, there is a, there's a, there is an idea that we want to be self-reliant. And there's, even in our Christian calling, there's a, we have a, we have a calling to be able to, to provide for ourselves. But at the end of the day, we have to be able to continue to lean on, uh, not ourselves, but Christ and realize without him, we didn't, can do nothing. And I think it's, sometimes it's easy to forget that, um, even as a Christian, that, you know, we completely rely on God when times are good, even though we, we may not be able to see that, but especially when times are hard, um, that that's a source of peace that we just continue to rely on the Father. I think that where that's the hardest part is that when times are good, it's easy to be like, yeah, God's loving. I trust him. <laughs> and then where I think the devil can creep in, especially in hard times, is just saying that, um, uh, is God good? can I trust him? And, you know, already in human nature like that, we're already fighting against that no matter what, but especially in hard times, I think that's, that's when the rubber beats the road is, can we continue to trust God? Can we continue to know that he's loving, know that he's good? Yeah. And if we're going through hard times. Absolutely. And, and physiologically, like physiologically, like the, the whole mystery of the human person where we have physiological, spiritual, emotional, psychological realms that there's, there's these, this interplay like that, you know, Christian anthropology is a real thing. Like the whole like mystery <laughs> of man and woman. And, um, uh, you know, the, the catechism, I've just, I've been drawn to like really read on faith and, and evil and deliverance in the catechism and that I, I don't have the passage right in front of me, but there are just those times where like faith is, it is, it is, you just, you, you're not seeing or feeling or experiencing like you think about that psychological, emotional, physiological level. And it's just mm -hmm. like the pilot light and you just, you're, you're hanging on. We walk by faith, not by sight. That is, that is so real. Yeah. Things are overwhelming personally in our lives or even globally. Like, yeah, that's. Yeah. I, mean, I even wanted to ask about your personal experience about this father. What's it been like as a priest, you know, with, with parishioners coming to you, like how has your ministry changed uh, in, because of this pandemic? You, well, personally, myself, um, at Corpus Christi Catholic Church in Detroit, I think that any parish is, is really blessed to have leader, like, you know, lay leadership that can come together, like whether it's your parish council or a leadership team. Um, so here at Corpus Christi, a leadership team got together right away and just put together uh, what we call our Corpus Christi pastoral care plan, um, coronavirus pastoral care plan, and put together a group of about uh, 20 volunteers led by, um, we have like an all-star <laughs> service coordinator, Curtis Simpson Jr., who's like, he's from here, he's from grew up in this parish he just he knows this area through and through where we're at in Detroit and uh so we have a group of about close to 20 volunteers that first the first phase of the plan was to get to the 160 like over 160 um of our elderly folks so we just have like a phone chain people reaching out and things like that I wrote down the time of the training that you advertised <laughs> <laughs> really good and then um then so there's there's a good bit of phone ministry going on people reaching out and then they're referencing back to me any particular calls where such and such needs a call like one of our parishioners is oh my gosh she's remarkable she's a she is a chaplain at henry ford she does several hospitals downtown detroit and right now in detroit like hospitals like hospitals are not allowing visitors right now priests included unless you're a chaplain assigned to that hospital so oh my goodness so our phone network is 
you know, referring back to us people that need to talk to the priest. If there's a parishioner who's like, I need to talk to, you know, the priest. And I had a really good conversation with our chaplain. Like she's been in the hospital business for 30 years. And she says, I have never seen anything like this. And I've always enjoyed being able to encourage her in her ministry because she's got a powerful ministry as a hospital chaplain. Um, so we've been doing a lot of, a lot of phone ministry and, uh, and um, I'm just trying to be available to, to make the calls to people. And anybody who wants to come to confession, of course, like pastoral care of their soul. We just have chairs that are like 12 feet apart. <laughs> <laughs> but I really want to be available to people as best as I can. Thankfully, like people are like, people are reaching out and, uh, you know, I've done more phone ministry in last week than I've done in my, and I'm not like in my, in my life. So that's a yeah. little, that's a little bit of it. I'm going on. Sorry. <laughs> but yeah, yeah. A, lot, a lot of cooperation though. It's like, I really appreciate the parish as a family and they're minister to, ministering to each other too. Big time. Wow. I didn't realize that the priests weren't even allowed in the hospitals. Yeah. They, that's currently in Beaumont. And, uh, you know, we have a parishioner that's in, in, Farmington Beaumont right now with coronavirus and that thank God the chaplain was assigned there anointed him but I called and um you know I they, they said yeah sorry we can't reach in right now wow. so the Archdiocese of Detroit let us know too they sent a message to the priest that you're gonna have to rely it's we know Beaumont for sure but the other ones we're not always sure about but mm -hmm. relying on the chaplains there yeah wow Father, going back to yeah. the just the general topic, just recognizing that um, there is fear, and it, it seems like there's fear and anxiety, especially that's happening. Have you seen this, you know, fear and anxiety in in your experience with what's going on? Um, my own, <laughs> my own, my own uh, concern and anxiety, uh, mm -hmm. and there's moments of fear. Um, it's that the we're all trying to keep up with the news as we should and mm -hmm. just how contagious this is and the numbers watching the numbers um that that i think drives it seeing the numbers and um i've watched like a couple different things like doctors saying like you know don't let they they, they kind of spin it in different ways um where it's like you know it's the testing is just confirming what's already out there but then others saying, well, what's already out there shows how quickly it spreads. And the numbers just show like it's, mm -hmm. it's really, really contagious. And so I think that has, has caused um, fear and anxiety, just how contagious this is, and rightly so. And then for myself, like when I've been out, like, you know, um, not heading into the hospitals right now, but if somebody needs anointing, like, you know, I'll, I'll go um, to the houses and stuff. And so like, I got this like little mask and, uh, and I, and I just find that like I have a little a little anxiety myself and I mm -hmm. carry like Lysol wipes and, and sanitizer mm -hmm. just trying to be smart and then just mm -hmm. praying as well and uh, just trusting in the Lord. And so I think that's the main thing. It's just how contagious this is and, and the news stories that help us to know about that, mm -hmm. how contagious it is. And then my last thing on this part is I think it's that there's a healthy fear of death that um, like if I like my I have uh, brothers and sisters. And, um, like if I were like my brother, Adam, who has two young daughters, like, man, like, I just think when you have children and, and you're married and stuff, um, like you, you want to, there, I think a healthy fear of death. Like I want to see my daughter graduate from high school. I want, not that you can't mm -hmm. see it from being alive in the Lord after you pass from this life, but 
think that a little bit too. I think there is a healthy fear of death that's stirred by this as well. So those are my thoughts. What do you guys think that stirs the fear and the anxiety? Uh, it was funny because Brian and I were talking about it. We just started this litany. We started a huge, it's yeah. Like, instead of the litany it, of saints, the litany of anxieties. <laughs> and but a lot of it was just like um, not knowing the future. You know, not mm -hmm. not knowing what's going to happen. Our loss of control and all that. That was one big thing. Um, and then the fear, like you talk about, you wearing your mask and all this. It's like you don't. It's so contagious. And not only do you not want to get it. You don't want to give it to somebody, right? Right. Huge. You know, so it's like you, 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 you don't want to be isolated, but you, you gotta, but you feel like you have to, and you know, especially if um, you have a the kind of situation where you're going out and you're seeing other people. My husband's in that situation, so it's like he has to go out, and uh, so there's that um, that isolation that happens. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I just I don't know. What, what is some, do you want to? chime in brian were there a couple of other things do you have that list in front of you beth i actually don't have i it do i do oh, you have do list. <laughs> yeah you do i actually don't have it in front of me unfortunately i just remember it came up and i'm and every every single one was like yeah like that's it but i remember loss of control being a big one that you already mentioned was there and then another who do you depend on and mm -hmm. uh the, the fear of death like you said fear of money like mm -hmm. yeah. those who've lost their jobs so there's lots of anxieties that come and i guess the real thing is um what do we do with that what do we do with that fear, mm -hmm. that anxiety? Mm -hmm. um, how do we, do we not let the, you know, I, I always think of in Genesis, you know, the evil one nipping at our heels, right? Yeah. Um, you will crush yeah. his head, but he will nip at your heel. And the devil wants this yeah. anxiety and, and he wants us to be fearful and he wants, and he wants to stir it and let it churn. And how tempting is it just to let that go when you watch that 24 hour news cycle? Yeah. So when, when we, when it comes, when we feel this, what do we do? Yeah. Yeah. And, and how, again, I guess it goes back to, I kind of gave away my own reflection right at the very beginning is like, how do we continue to trust and depend on God even when it feels like it's very, like this is probably one of the times where it's hardest to do it, but it's also one of the times that we most need to do it. Mm -hmm. And I think that in, in my own, like reading Jacques Philippe and um, even just like kind of going into scriptures and Jesus, like uh, one of the, something that's really beautiful, I'm very grateful. I get to go back to, uh, I'm in the middle of grad school. I'm at the, studying at the Augustine Institute uh, and I'm writing a paper about the agony of the garden and just listening to Jesus's prayer you know, like how human he is. Like he took Peter, James, and John. He and he was literally just not that long ago up on the mountain trans, in the transfiguration with Peter, James, and John, revealing in in a very big way that he is God. You know, uh, with Moses and Elijah next to him. And now here he is, and he's praying. His disciples are the one that are asleep, <laughs> and he's praying. You know, Father, let this cup pass from me, but not my will, but yours. It's like Jesus, like didn't want this. But at the end of the day, he abandoned himself to God. And I think uh, I think it's okay for us to say that, like, well, we don't want this, but at the end of the day, not my will, but yours. And like, if we can just really abandon ourselves to that, um, as difficult that, that may be as Christians, if that's like the answer, but I really think it is. It's like, how do we abandon ourselves to God the way Jesus did, just as, just as he was about to endure the cross? He said yes to it. And I think we can, we can have hope uh, in the resurrection and like i'm even thinking like last sunday jesus wept like minutes before he raised lazarus from the dead like 
he knew that he would had the power to do that yet he still allowed himself like to weep and like we as christians know and we believe that we're we there's a resurrection that death is not the end but i still think it's okay and we have permission to weep or even have that prayer of like this is this is difficult you know uh but i'm gonna continue to lean at, at the end of the day of my trust and not my will but yours and that's to be able to find peace in that is um kind of just like what my own reflection was on how we can do that in this time yeah hey brian could i read for maybe anybody who's listening who hasn't heard it out there could i read one paragraph from the catechism about evil this you found a, that yeah good one just that'd be one. great so it's paragraph 309 this is i just think this is so rich paragraph 309 in the catechism of the catholic church if god the father almighty the creator of the ordered and good world cares for all his creatures. Why does evil exist? To this question, as pressing as it is unavoidable and as painful as it is mysterious, no quick answer will suffice. Only Christian faith as a whole constitutes the answer to this question. The goodness of creation, the drama of sin, and the patient love of God who comes to meet us by his covenants, the redemptive incarnation of his son, his gift of the spirit, his gathering of the church, the power of the sacraments, and his call to a blessed life to which free creatures are invited to consent in advance, but from which, by a terrible mystery, they can also turn away in advance. There is not a single aspect of the Christian message that is not in part an answer to the question of evil. I just love that that phrase that no quick answer will suffice, that mm -hmm. why why does God allow this right now? And uh, the whole deal about God's positive will, like the stuff God wants to happen, and then the permissive will, mm -hmm. that God does not will or make evil happen, but he only allows it. And then the other mystery that God's outside of time. So the past, the present, and the future are all in front of God. He already sees the end of this. And, you know, our free will that God has given us in this time to move in the right direction, interceding for an end to it, calling our lonely neighbors, going to get food for somebody who has a low immune system, doing whatever we can to pray, and, and also the good works that we're able to do with prudence. It's just mysterious how God allows this, but that he will only allow this because he can bring good out of it and he will mm -hmm. it's just it's it's mysterious and deep and also understandable that we have a choice our free will to act in faith amen and that's, so keep that's where peace is right yes. when we understand the big picture that like god is not throwing rockets at us from heaven called the, <laughs> but and it's like and god is with us he's for us not against us god is a loving god he cares and we have this the holy spirit with us to help us be a part of his love still being poured out in this time, revealing the heart of the Father. So I think our faith gives us contact with God, and that's where our peace is. So it's so important that we're doing things like this, praying the chaplet of mercy, talking about the faith. Amen. Thanks, guys. Amen. No, I love that. What do you guys want to add? Go ahead and rip. <laughs> I like how in the catechism, I like how it talked about the Christian faith as a whole. Oof. Like there's so much to our Catholic faith, our Catholic Christian faith. There's yeah. so many pieces of it and all of them are, are, it's all part of one big thing. It's not just like you said, God 
throwing down this evil at us. And yeah. there's one quick answer. It, it's all of it. It's all wrapped up together and mm -hmm. keeping our eyes on Jesus. That's my, um, that, that was my reflection. If you keep mm -hmm. on Jesus and don't let, don't let the devil pull you back. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And Father, before uh, we let you go, I know you mentioned some of the great ways that people have already responded. Yes. Uh, great love to this. Uh, are there any particular stories or anything else that you want to add? Of just kind of ending on a little bit more of a positive note. Uh, you know what you mentioned at the end of this, yeah. uh, that God had, can bring something good out of it. Do you see God already doing any good even right now in the present? Yeah, I thank you for letting me jump on this one. Because uh, I think all of us have been inspired by the good stories we're hearing about, um, like hospital workers, uh, the people at the grocery stores, the people that are, are out there um, putting themselves in the way to serve others. And uh, our, our priest chaplains who are like, man, it, I think this is going to be part of priest chaplains sainthood. I just was, I, I'm checking on one guy that's a friend of mine. And I just shoot him a line, like, how you doing, buddy? And he shot me a line the other day. And he's like, just finishing a 48-hour shift. Oh he's, and it, it means he's sleeping in a chair probably between calls. And, um, oh, my gosh. So, um, and then, uh, yeah, just just the the movement from our hearts, the, the, the many, many people that are interceding in the quiet where nobody sees or knows, but they are praying up a storm for, for the people on the front line and people that are mm -hmm. sick. Just think the swell of incredible love flowing out of the body of Christ and other people that maybe don't have a faith in Christ or God, uh, don't know God, but are being stirred into that love that is ultimately a transcendent love that can lead them to an encounter with God. So I, I think that these, these great stories of all of the people out there, the essential workers, especially the healthcare workers, um, mm -hmm. yeah, they, they've just been a great inspiration to me and, and a source, and they're constantly in my prayers too. How about you guys? What do you, how about you guys? Bring it home. <laughs> what I hear, what I hear, I have with a lot of the moms and families, moms and grandmas wow. that I'm talking to, is this beautiful resurrection of the domestic church. Wow. You know, it's like we're praying together in the living room and, and other people coming, um, this one family, her, her children came back home at this time and they're all living together and praying together. Um, and so there's this, this beautiful um, thing. The TV is not on watching March Madness anymore. It's on mm -hmm. watching mass Wow. or, or um, praying with different people. And, and it's, I, I see this coming together as a family, I'm hearing that from a lot of people. So I think that's a beautiful, that's awesome. beautiful consequence of this, you know, st stay at home um, yeah. order. It's true. I can say even personally for my wife and I, we've definitely increased our prayer yeah, together. Um, and it's been nice to be able to just, uh, obviously we miss the opportunity to be able to go to daily mass, but to be able to just uh, be able to go online together and just kind of make habits of prayer throughout the day in the morning and at noon mass and then an evening rosary or something like that just uh, more more than we ever have in the past and my wife is actually one that was asked to step away from work because she actually volunteered when they began scaling wow. back on the people that they were allowing to be able to come in and to be able to have her with me and for us to just be able to turn that into an opportunity for us and not to to pray, just pray together. Um, we're, and I think one of the things that Beth even mentioned, because I actually just got married last year, Beth was like, aren't you so glad that you're married now? 
<laughs> I really am. I'm grateful that um, one of the things that I can actually lean into is even uh, I still have a sacrament with me to be able to lean into the sacrament of marriage, uh, probably more so than I ever have in the past and to be able to find Christ uh, in, in that. That is actually something I'm very grateful for. And I know there may be some that are listening that uh, don't have as much of that opportunity, but I've heard from others that that's also something that they're very grateful for in the midst of this isolation and that they are still able to have that sacrament amidst them. It's awesome. He's yeah. good. So, uh, yeah, Father Patrick, thank you so much for just being on, you know, to talk about this, to pray with us um, for mm-hmm. everything that you do for our apostolate. We're really grateful uh, for that. And for those who are still listening, we thank you for just joining in. And, you know, we're going to try to make this a, uh, every Tuesday and Thursday. You know, we're after we pray the Divine Mercy, we're just going to have a conversation afterwards. Um, you know, that's pertinent to what we're all experiencing right now, and uh, perhaps have a special guest on. This upcoming Thursday, we're actually going to have one of our very own evangelists uh, from Chicago who has found a great way to evangelize, uh, even in the midst of what's going on. Our normal way of evangelization, as Father Patrick mentioned, is to get into the streets, big crowds, you know, have conversations, pass out rosaries. So uh, that with the social distancing, that's that's not as much possible, but it's amazing how um, especially Mark found a creative way to continue to evangelize and share God's grace. So we're going to have him on Thursday. So we hope you can join us for that. Yeah. So Father, uh, can you send us off with uh, some prayers of peace and I would uh, love to and pray for everyone that's that's listening still. Let's do it in the name of the Father and the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Holy Spirit, please help our minds and our hearts to be like a sponge and receive this word um, deep in in our hearts from Philippians chapter 4, verse 4. Rejoice always. I say it again. Rejoice. The Lord is near. Have no anxiety at all, but in all things, by prayer and petition, make your requests known to God. Then the peace of God which is beyond all understanding, will guard your hearts in Christ Jesus. Finally, brothers, whatever is good, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, if there's anything gracious, praiseworthy, or excellent, think about these things. So Holy Spirit, help us to take our anxieties and turn to you, the Father and the Son, tell you about them, ask for your help, and then accept the peace that you give us to live moment to moment in your presence, even in the midst of a storm. Mother Mary, please continue to keep this world in your arms. We ask for an intercession, our intercession through your immaculate heart for an end to this coronavirus, and that even in the midst of all this um, bad, bad stuff happening, that many people would experience the healing love of Jesus and be brought into a relationship with God. We love you, Lord. We ask this all in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. And may Almighty God bless everybody listening with uh, the peace that surpasses understanding and greater faith in Christ. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Thanks, everyone. Thank you, guys. God bless you. Thank you everyone for listening to this special edition of our podcast. Please know of our prayers for all of you. Um, one other resource I want to highlight right now is a webinar we are offering called Calling for Prayers. 
Uh, this webinar is focused on equipping parish leaders and Catholic disciples on how to lead effective film ministry. This will be at 1 p.m. on Monday, April 6, and you can join us by going to our website, streetevangelization.com, and finding a link to register. Uh, just by registering, you will gain access to all of our materials, such as call logs, call scripts, and even a PowerPoint to train other volunteers. I hope you can join us. Just as a reminder, we are St. Paul's Street Evangelization, where we work with God for the salvation of souls through the proclamation of the gospel in the public square. God bless.